Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Rugby With Pads. This is our week 13 waiver wire show. Hopefully um, all of my American listeners have had a lovely um, Thanksgiving weekend. You're full of turkey and uh, generally you know, you're happy about the results this weekend. It was a really interesting week. Um, on paper, I don't think any of the games really jumped out outside of uh, some of the um, primetime games. But I don't think in fantasy terms it disappointed. And we'll jump straight into this week. Um, this week was fantastic for you know heroes and villains. And I think we um, there were some ones that really jumped out on the page. Well, we'll start with our fantasy heroes and villains. Um, in the heroes column, I think we need to give a huge plaudit to Mike White. Uh, Mike White scored 25 points in, in most uh, formats. He came in in relief of the now disgraced Zach Wilson and um, he looked legit. He looked like a good quarterback against what is not a poor Bears defence. I think I think Bears were playing from behind a little bit because they didn't have Justin Fields. They had to rely more on the defence and maybe the occasion got them a little bit. But Mike White, wow, uh, well done, mate. And you, I think he passed to 10 different receivers during the game. And they ran the show. They, they did really well. Um, obviously, it was incredibly funny uh, that in the game. This is not my Mike Whiteism or anything like that. But uh, incredibly funny. If you get a chance to go back and look at it, look at the fumbled punt. or for, for, Yeah, I think it was a fumbled punt recovered by the Bears and then fumbled again and then recovered by the Jets. So the Jets got to then drive into a field goal position. It was absolutely brilliant. Good, good fun. But Mike White, for awkward straighting, uh, what the Jets should be, uh, an average offense you know, run by a competent quarterback and a fantastic defense. He did what he, he needed to do. And uh, for any of you who picked him up off waivers, I did. I didn't play him because I'm an idiot. Um, you were very, very happy with the results. But we go on to someone who doubled that effort this week. 50 points for Josh Jacobs. Over 300 yards on the ground. Uh, and in the air as well. I think he he got a few receptions as well. Uh, two touchdowns. He ran the show in a game that was back and forth. It was a really, really fun late late window game there. Um, but Josh Jacobs has gone from strength to strength. He has won himself a top-tier running back uh, contract next year. Hopefully he'll stay in Vegas because I think he really enjoys being there despite not getting picked up for his fifth-year option. But I think he's just played himself into a much better contract than he would have gotten otherwise. So he is uh, my fancy RB hero of the week. Moving on, we've got Chris Godwin. Now, Chris Godwin, um, everyone thought he was washed. Everyone thought, ah, oh, the old Chris Godwin isn't coming back. Point in the fact, this game, he he hooked up with Brady on 12 occasions. Um, I think he only dropped a couple, or there was only a couple of misses uh, between the two. 30 points on the week. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't help them win the game. Um, the Browns did come through uh, on that one. Um, to win in overtime, uh, I surprised Brady losing in overtime. I wasn't expecting it, but a fantastic game from Chris Godwin. And uh, for those of you who've just kind of kept him and stashed him away, like me, you are very happy for the results. And at tight end, um, there was the usual suspects who who did pretty well. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey. I talk about every week, but Dalton Schultz seems to be back after you know, all of the preseason hype about around him, him being one of the elite receivers, better than Waller. I think that's been proven based on Waller's availability. But Schultz is definitely back, and he was a really big highlight for the uh, the Cowboys this week with 19 points. Now, the villains. This is where I always think it gets more fun because I can be a bit fast and loose with how it is and, and tell some stories. Um, I'll, I'll go go from bottom to top. So I'll, we'll start with uh, tight end. And after putting him in my 
I think I put him in my villains column last week. I'm going to put him in my villains column again. Logan Thomas. You are a villain last week because you fooled everyone thinking you were injured and you came on and scored high. This week, we all had faith in you. We put you on, we put, took you off the bench, raised you in there, and you returned our good favour with two points. Mate, at a tight end position, I know it's washed, but you need to be doing better than that. And talking of washed, and it really hurts me to say this because I always have such high hopes for him. I love him, but I think he might be coming to the end of his days, is Robert Woods. Bobby Trees, 3.6 points on the week in a game where Traylon Burks absolutely ripped it up uh, and there was definitely availability for him to get throwing the ball. 3.6 points, it's not what you should be doing. You are the number two wide receiver in not a very pass-happy pass offence, so maybe I'll give you credit for that, but you need to be doing better, my man. You need to get, get yourself out there. And maybe he's lost a step, and uh, maybe maybe the uh, the Rams did make a good decision in dropping him, but you know, nothing the Rams are doing is, uh, is great at the moment, so maybe they should be my villain, uh, full stop. Next, we've got running back Tony Pollard. Oh, almost for the opposite reason why Logan Thomas is on here. You fooled us, being you were so good, uh, but the bubble has burst. 8.1 points this week, outsnapped by Zeke, outscored by Zeke by a, a good way. Unfortunately, Tony, you're in the doghouse this week. And at, uh, for quarterback, I can pick a couple, and um, there are some obvious ones because there's a pantomime villain, there's this Fraudgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the fraud. Um, but he did go out injured, and and Jordan Love, his eventual replacement, maybe, um, came into the game in relief and did pretty well. But Rogers disappointed this week. But yeah, you know, obviously there is a, a, a he got hit hard, and uh, he might be out for a couple of weeks as well. But it is Russ Wilson once again being my QB villain of the week. Less than ten points again. He brings down the whole team, and that's what's bad about it. He brought down Greg Dolchich. He brought down. Uh, KJ Hamler, uh, everyone who's playing out there. Cortland Sutton had an okay game, but he could have been so much better had, you know, Russell Wilson not been naff. It was truly an awful, awful game to watch, and uh, I really want to kind of you know clean my eyes out after watching some of that that performance. Russell Wilson. I don't know whether it's coaching, I don't know whether it's you, but it's all wrong regardless. Um, but yeah, speaking of fancy villains and, and uh, heroes, w- was I a bit of a hero for you last week? I, I put out some players that I was thankful for, and um, I, hopefully you, some of you listened to it, some of you might not have. I, I think this week I maybe was a bit too hyped on, on, on being thankful. I think it's, it's best to say um, there are a fair few players who maybe had a bit too much turkey this week and, and didn't quite perform uh, as they did. I think out of the, the main... Uh, Recommended 12 players, um, six of them hit, five misses. You know, it, it's it's about 50-50. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that result. But there were some really key misses in, in Dolchich. Again, I, I shouldn't trust anyone who who has Russ uh, throwing to them. Etienne was a real shame that he went out injured with a foot injury early on. Um, but the one that really disappointed was Jawan Johnson. You, you've again, a tight end position is is so... Such a funny position, and I can't. I just can't predict it. I'm just not got that uh, that about me. Um, but he got came up with a goose egg. But I think that's more down to Andy Dalton being completely outclassed um, this week. But we did get some great performances from uh, from Justin Jefferson. He continues to impress with 30 points. D Hop was great as expected. Ken Walker and Pacheco angry runs are plenty, and Aaron Jones was absolutely solid. So we're happy with our predictions uh, this this last week. So I think there was more hits than misses. If I if I put my kind of uh, reputation on the line there um, in my games I, I have come to a conclusion in all my games actually funnily enough even though we've got a uh, 
Tuesday, uh, Monday night, Tuesday, a very early morning game coming up against with the uh, Colts versus the Steelers. I did pretty well in my games. Um, in League of Record, I, I won um, to consolidate um, that playoff position. In New Beginnings, I got another big win as well. I think I'm in the playoffs after that. I think a lot needs to go wrong for me to not be in the playoffs. I think maybe one win confirms it, confirms it, but definitely uh, in on that one. Um, but unfortunately, in the in Dynasty, I was three and eight going into this week. Dan let it get very close. Let's say um, he played down to his opponents, but I ultimately think, outside of a, a tremendous fifty-point miracle from Michael Pittman this week uh, t- tonight, because uh, I'm recording this on Monday, I think I'm out of uh, all, all playoff contentions, and I resign myself to the toilet bowl. Um, cue flushing sound effect in here. But uh, I will be fighting tooth and nail not to be bottom, um, even if I don't have my own pick and I need other people. Okay, well, whatever. Either way, um, I am not doing great in that league and I have resigned myself to the long rebuild and uh, I will come back surging uh, next year. Right, um, enough bandstanding. We will move on to the waiver wire picks for this next week uh, and then I will uh, let you go in a what is going to be a bit of a truncated episode um, as we move on into a bigger episode uh, later on in the week. So let's take a look at the waiver wire. This next week coming up, um, we have Arizona and Carolina on buys. I don't think you're really missing out on much. Um, you're missing out on Kyler Murray. You're missing out on Sam Donald, who didn't have a terrible performance. Um, you're missing out on on James Conner and Deontay Foreman. Again, middling RB1, RB2 positions. You are missing out on D-Hop um, and on Marcus Hollywood Brown, who came back. And DJ Moore, who had a full reception, 100-plus yard game with a two touchdowns. I love what the crazy game. He's been he's been riding our bench all, all, all year. Um, you're missing out on Trey McBride. He's maybe relevant now that Zach Ertz is out. I don't really know. And I wouldn't put any stock in either defense because um, both of them uh, are, are you know, common capitulators uh, on that front. But uh, we do have a bit of a short list that we're, we're going to go through um, across the positions for this week, which is a tough slate of games for some of the people. If you pick them up on waiver wires, I had to drop a few players that I, I wanted to put in there. I just don't think the matchups are right for them. But we'll start at QB as always. And I've gone about on about him a few weeks. He's going to play tonight, um, but I am hopeful for a strong performance coming up in week 13 for Kenny Pickett. He is available in 96% of leagues. He's going up against Atlanta. Atlanta, you can throw on them. Yes, they have a tendency to get some interceptions, but Kenny Pickett now has more of a balanced game, I think, and he's using checkdowns. He's not just looking to go for the big throws, and he's mobile in the pocket, which is something that Atlanta um, have struggled with as well. It is an away game, so he is travelling, and it's always going to be more intimidating for a rookie QB but I would put my money on him having a decent performance this week in relief if you have a a Kyler Murray, for example. Um, The other player who I think is going to be an interesting one is Mac Jones, and Mac Jones is going up against Buffalo. Uh, And Buffalo, I think their once-vaunted defence is maybe not quite as good as it is on paper. Um, So I would be looking towards Mac Jones as a spot start. He's available in 95% of leagues. He had a really good performance this last week, Um, so there is that. Is prime time, so there is a lot at lot going on there it's at um it's at new england um so they've got an advantage there is bill belichick going to do something crazy and just run the ball 100 times i don't know but i think he'll do something to make mac jones relevant because he has got faith in mac jones i think that was evident in last week's performance um i did have andy dalton on this list i'm going to actually take him off because he had a horrible performance and i'm actually questioning whether he 
um, moves forward because they've got you know someone in James Winston who is begging to come forwards. The only thing is in that um, NFC South, they're all below 500 and at least one of them, well, statistically, I think at least one of them, but realistically, only one of them will make it into the playoffs. It could be literally anyone's. So maybe they will stick with Dalton. And if that's the case, if you need a spot start, Andy Dalton is available in 93% of leagues. Although I'm not a particular fan of the, the matchup. It is a in-division rivalry um, against the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers at Tampa Bay. The Saints have had Tampa Bay's number, but yeah, are they going to do it through Andy Dalton? Probably not. But uh, if you need him and you're desperate, that's where I'd look. Uh, but sticking with the uh, NFC South and sticking um, and moving on to running backs, let's look at Rashad White. He is available in seventy percent of leagues. He will. He should be the number one back. He's he's been brilliant. Um, and in relief of um, Leonard Fournette this week, he was fantastic. He is a, a nailed on pickup. Go and get him. If you haven't got him already, you, sh- you should have already got him. Um, running back is, is always been thin because there are so few elite running backs. And even in, you know, the positions where you think they're elite running backs like San Francisco, you know, you're in a committee so much that you're really looking for players to really give you that edge. And I think Rashad White in the running could definitely give you that edge. Um, I'm really interested in Kyron Williams. Though. I, I don't talk about Rams players a lot, even despite being a Rams fan. Um, I don't talk about a lot of this podcast because it's not that good to talk about. And um, even though he didn't have Matt Stafford, he, we, we were running with Bryce Perkins, who I think football-wise looks great. Um, he didn't look great fantasy-wise, but that's a, that's another thing. And he was up against quite a stout defense there. Um, but I do like Karen Williams. I think they're trying him out. They're almost using the tail end of this season as preseason for next. Karen Williams is, is winning most of the snap battles and he's available in 95% of leagues. If you come against a a weak run defense uh, in division, i.e. Seattle, maybe you can get some play there. I think he's got enough volume that it's going to make him fancy relevant as potentially an RB3 flex play if you really need him. So I'll be looking there. And finally, I've been talking about Gus Edwards an awful lot over the last few weeks. He did okay this week. And I think that's all you need from a running back that you can pick up on the waiver wires. He is available in 85% of leagues. And he is the running back one there. He he was used at the goal line. Um, he was used most frequently. Yes, they did a lot of weird running back plays and weird tight end runs and all that kind of stuff. But Gus Edwards is the one they trust. And you can see that it's evident because they don't trust um, Kenyon Drake or Justice Hill to carry the volume that they need. Moving on to wide receiver, it's going to be another player that I've been going on about a lot. He didn't have a great performance this week. I think it's got about 10 points. But Darius Slayton, if you're desperate, and, and it, it feels like there are no wide receivers of, of note available anymore um, that you can trust because everyone's spreading around so much. But Darius Slayton is getting enough targets to make him fancy relevant. You're probably going to get between 10 and 15 points in a week in PPR. He is available in 77% of leagues. Um, now, there's someone who's much more available who's maybe an equivalent and maybe he will become my new sleeper, but Nico Collins. Um, Kyle Allen was rubbish for the first half and uh, the Miami Dolphins absolutely ran away with uh, with that game to start with. But Nico Collins did pick up 10 points in what was a massive blowout. He, it was garbage time stuff, but you know what? Garbage time is still points. Um, and I would go after Nico Collins if you're in desperate need for someone. If you've lost D-Hop or Marcus Hollywood-Brown, he is a, a worthwhile flex start, in my opinion. And we've got Demarcus Robinson on this list. I'm actually going to move him off because I don't think you can really rely on him 
Um, I thought he was going to flash a little bit. He's still available in 97% of leagues. If you're really desperate, you can go for him. But I still don't think that the um, the Ravens have a good enough wide receiver um, room to, to be relevant. And they definitely don't have uh, a good enough passing attack to uh, to make him relevant as well. So he would not be someone I recommend, but it's worthwhile taking a look at if you're really, really desperate. Someone who I think could be available, though, is Isaiah McKenzie. I've had him in the back of some of my lineups for a little while. He's available in 75% of leagues. And I think the Bills have this rotation of receivers. Um, where it could be Gabe Davis sometimes. It could be um, Isaiah McKenzie's other. Stefan Diggs is, is a constant, but that's the only one there. But Isaiah McKenzie did fantastic this week. He was sitting on my bench with 20-plus points. Really annoyed at that. And I think in a game where you're going up against New, New England, and I talk about it quite a lot, they take out their their, their most risky or, or number one um, player. And that number one risk, in my opinion, um, to New England is probably Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. You, you, if you can take up both of them, it leaves Isaiah McKenzie to potentially sweep up a lot of points. So he's someone that I would be definitely looking at. And I think he potentially has a decent run-in with um, the Bills as well. And at tight end, it's it's super weird, but I, I'm talking about the same players. And Joku, he's steadily creeping up in, in engagement here. He got a t- he got a, 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 a touchdown this week in a tough game at Tampa Bay, 62%. Um, he's rostered at the moment, so he's failed in 40% of the league. Bit of a coin flip there. He'd be something I would look to go for to Davin and Joku. Noah Fant, I talk about him a lot. He's He is relatively available. I'm not sure he's as certain as he was, but... At this stage of the season, people have people have nailed down. There's higher expectations for your players. He's someone that if you've lost out on someone this week, um, you know, not that you would be starting Tommy Trendle, uh, Tommy Tremble or Trey McBride on a regular basis, but he's someone that you could look at down the stretch and, and maybe as being a um, a flex spot play occasionally. But I do like the idea of Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. So I was I was watching um, some analysis on the uh, New England game um, this week and. New England came out in these weird, crazy jumbo, two tight ends in the backfield, plus a plus two running back lineups. They were like 13-man sets were huge. Um, and the, these two tight end steps, sets, they get a lot of Hunt Henry and a lot of Johnny, and they just look for those short, you know, cut the game down yardage. And in PPR, Hunt Henry and, and Johnny Smith could become more relevant. I would keep an eye on it because I'm not guaranteed, but Hunt Henry definitely was relevant this week. So... He would be someone that I would be looking to pick up if I need a start at tight end. So yeah, that that's that's your lot this week, guys. Um, so running that through, um, I'm my my pickup of the week because he's he's going to be relevant in the post fantasy postseason as well. Is going to be Kenny Pickett, but QB you've also got Mac Jones. Um, I'm not recommending Andy Dalton, but you know he's there if you need him. Um, at running back, my recommendation would be Rashad White if you can get him, but Gus Edwards and Kyron Williams are both decent options. At wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie is my recommendation, but Darius Slayton and Nico Collins are you know, also decent options for you to take a look at. At tight end, if he has, if he's available in your league, go get him and Joku, but I would also take a look at Hunt Henry and Johnny Smith and you know, maybe keep an eye on Noah Fant uh, to see if he uh, becomes available or uh, becomes relevant in your league. And that is your lot, folks. Um, as I said, you know, we, we try and keep this episode short to make sure that we, we load the... Uh, um, the, the, all the excitement in the Thursday episode. I've already pre-recorded some of the segment for Thursday, so hopefully, hopefully, should be able to get it out on time. Got a bit of a, a themed one, but maybe it's a bit late themed. But uh, we'll we'll talk about um, 
yeah, you know, I'm going to leave it a bit of a secret. We'll, you'll have to have to wait and see. But I do look forward to uh, to seeing you all, uh, or you know, having you listen to me on Thursday. I'll stop waffling on now. You can find me on socials at Rugby with Pads, and I will see you on the virtual gridiron. Thank <laughs> you.